Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. But right now, let's head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and talk a little hockey with Greg Wyshynski, ESPN's senior NHL writer. He's the host of Puck Soup, the podcast on ESPN. And be sure to follow him on Twitter, at Wyshynski. Good morning, Greg. Thanks for taking the time to pop on with us. How you doing? Hey, it's my pleasure. Look, as a uh, New York Jets fan, uh, I think I have an expansion team that you could have right now. So, uh... <laughs> how, is, how is it being a Jets fan, Greg? Oh my God! Uh, I, I, listen, we don't. This segment is a is is timed, right? We don't have uh, several days. I, I'll tell you this right now. When I was in college, I roomed with a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and he asked me the same question once. He's like, "What? Why is it so bad being a Jets fan?" I talked throughout the the entire night. Remember the, the scene from the movie Airplane where they cut back to the woman and she's a skeleton because the guy next to her on the plane had been talking for so long? That's basically like what it is to try to explain to somebody what it's like being a Jets fan. It's unbelievable, just quickly here. It doesn't matter what players are there, what the coaching staff is. You can interchange personnel. It always seems like the Jets just find a way to be a hot mess. It's kind of remarkable. Yeah. That is well, but the difference between us and like the the you know previous incarnations of the Browns or teams like that is that we we lose in a, the way I explain being a Jets fan to be honest with you is um, the excitement is finding new and inventive ways to lose like you know butt fumbles and all this other nonsense <laughs> like it's always the, the team's always terrible and you know it's never going to amount to anything but it's always interesting to see what new stuff they come up with when it comes to futility. That's true. Well, Greg, here in St. Louis, we thought the Blues were cursed. And as you know, that wasn't the case. They ended up winning the Stanley Cup in 2019. So there's hope for you still. So don't lose faith. The Jets (laughs) could turn around. But I want to stick with the Blues here. So Curbs and I were getting ready to talk about this coming up next. But James Neal, who had a great preseason with the Blues, has agreed to terms with the club on a one-year contract worth $750,000. He was here on a PTO and you know, from the, the first game where he had a hat trick has really shown that he's got something there. What do you think James Neal could bring to the Blues? Oh, listen, I think anytime you can add a veteran goal scorer to your lineup that, that clearly has some determination, it's always going to be a good thing. I think he fits well with the culture of this team um, and, and the way they like to play. And, and like you said, the, the thing I love about it the most is that hunger. I mean, this is a guy who I, I've talked to in the past and when he's been motivated, when he feels he's been knocked off the mantle, is usually when he plays the best. And, and I rem- I'm reminded of when he was drafted by <clears throat> the Vegas Golden Knights in the expansion draft. I remember talking to him after that about the idea of, well, you know, the National Predators, they dumped you in the expansion pool, man. And he's like, yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> and so the idea of him being motivated to, uh, to kind of reclaim his reputation and everything else, I think makes it that a, a pretty good signing for the Blues. And obviously you can't beat the price. Greg, I'm watching, so I'm at practice most of the days during camp, right? We, we had eight preseason games and working through those, and I'm seeing a really deep St. Louis Blues team. I think a team that is a lot deeper, and, and, and I understand the, the questions that the team has on the defensive, you know, with their defensive core right now. But I'm I I know what I'm seeing, and I'm I, I listen to a lot of the national you know talk about the team and and the question marks that they have, and I'm not quite seeing the same thing. What is your perspective from afar on just kind of where this team sits in relation to the Central Division? 
Well, you know, you, you talk about the defense court, and obviously for me it starts with a, a healthy Colton Pareko and uh, and just what he brings and, and what they lack when he's out of the lineup. And so that's one exciting thing for me, at least. I like him a lot as a person and as a player, so um, hopefully he remains in the lineup. You know, the, the moves that they made at the forward spot I think are, are pretty good. I think they're upgrades in some ways. You know, Jaden Schwartz was the guy that – I had a lot of fans and uh, had a lot of ability, but at the end of the day, I always felt he ran way too hot and cold, to be honest with you, as a scorer. And you bring in Pavel Busnevich, you bring in uh, Brandon Saad. I think these are two uh, reliable offensive players. In Busnevich's case, I'm, I'm still shocked that the Rangers decided to move on from this guy for salary cap reasons. I think he's an excellent complementary offensive player, a player who showed that he can play throughout the lineup, including up on the top line with the best offensive talent on the team. So you, he's a real asset, and I think the Blues are smart to uh, acquire him and also commit to him with an extension. So when I look at the Blues as an outsider, I see this. I see a team that is squarely in the top four in the Central Division, which means four teams that are better than Chicago, despite the <laughs> bizarre notion <laughs> that Chicago is going to make the playoffs. I think I think Colorado, Minnesota, Winnipeg, and St. Louis are a tier above the other teams in that division. But I also see a team that I'm I'm waiting to see exactly what facet of the team ends up being the better facet of the team. I mean, I was this was an average team in every way last year, and by that I mean they they scored as much as they gave up, and, and that's not necessarily a recipe for success in this league. You got to be better offensively than you are defensively, or better defensively than you are offensively. And so, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see which part of the team um, levels up. And, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the goal scoring based on the uh, personnel they brought in. ESPN senior NHL writer and host of Puck Soup, the podcast on ESPN. Greg Wyshynski joining us on 101 ESPN. And Greg, a lot of us thought that Vladimir Tarasenko would not be with the Blues when camp broke. But Vladdy is here. He says he's committed to the team. Everyone seems to think that this is going to or, or that the end of this story has not arrived yet. So what do you make of Vladimir Tarasenko? And what do you think Doug Armstrong's options are with Vladdy? I'm uh, baffled. <laughs> He's still there. Like, like at the end of the, the end of the off season, Cam and I looked up and I'm seeing quotes from Tarasenko being like, "Yeah, I'm back at camp." I'm like, "Oh my god, he's back at camp." Um, no, I, I. It's such a strange situation to have a player request a trade out of town uh, and for that to not come to fruition, and then have him come back and have everybody kind of being like, "All right, we're moving on." Um, you know the. the just kind of throwing some stuff at the wall. I mean, maybe it is a situation where some teams were hesitant to make a, a significant deal for Vladdy to the to the liking of, of Doug Armstrong without seeing him in action for a little bit more, trying to see if, you know, he is going to be an improved uh, player from, you know, last season. Um, but, you know, maybe it's also a case where some triage was done behind the scenes. Maybe the grass isn't greener in other places, and maybe this relationship at the end of the day works out. I don't know, but, uh, you know, from all the chatter and, and through my conversations um, with with his camp throughout the offseason and, and when the whole thing kind of exploded during the playoffs, I'm legitimately shocked that he's still a member of the Blues, but here we are. Greg, I, lo- I look at the St. Louis Blues cap situation, and I know they're a couple years separated from having won the Stanley Cup, but you still have 
another year after this one with Ryan O'Reilly, and, and his pay is only right now, his average is $7.5 million. And I know even Vladimir Tarasenko, while he's getting paid around 9 to 9.5 this year, his cap hit is 7.5. Top to bottom, and Colton Pareko with a new contract starting in, and yes, we'll have to wait and see how the long-term aspect, even at 6.5, works out for Krug or Justin Falk. But top to bottom, the St. Louis Blues have a team that is deep, that is competitive, that could compete for a Stanley Cup if, if, if the pieces fall into place right. And they don't have a player with an average annual value over $7.5 million. Has Doug Armstrong managed the cap as well as any general manager in the league? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's done a heck of a job. I mean, you know, there, there are definitely some contracts there that other teams would look at with a jealous eye as far as the amount of money committed to these players and the amount of um, output that they have. Um, and in this league, that's great. I mean, you know, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in these negotiations and, and see if it is sort of a, hey, you know, for the betterment of the team, we need you in at this number kind of stuff, uh, because it does seem that everybody has kind of fallen into the line, and, and, and that happens. I mean, good general managers are able to sell that program to their players. I remember um, during the New Jersey Devils' heyday of winning Stanley Cups, and this was pre-cap, but it was also a time when the team didn't really want to spend a lot on, on players. And Lou Lamarillo was famous for being like, this is the number we're giving you. This is the number that we can give you. And this is the number that's going to keep us competitive. And that last phrase can sometimes be a very convincing thing for a player. I mean, they all want to get their money. They all want to get paid. They all want to you know, maximize their earning potential as players. But they'd, they'd like to maximize their time as a contender and maximize their chances in trying to win the Stanley Cup. So if you can sell them on the idea of coming at this number and we can keep this guy or coming at this number and we can do X, Y, Z. Sometimes it can be a very motivating factor for, for players that, you know, for them, the premium is on being a competitive team versus simply just making top dollar. All right. The season opens on October 12th. One of the key games is going to be Seattle at Vegas. That's a cool way to start it. <laughs> but, but one of the, one of the big games that, that I think fans have been waiting for for a long time. And I think it's great that this will be the game that launches TNT's coverage. And, and, I'm, and I'm excited to see what, what, what your group with ESPN does, what TNT does, and how this all just helps raise the, the visibility of the league. But the New York Rangers at the Washington Capitals, do you think we see Ryan Reeves in this game? And, and the fact that how lucky are we that at least the injury he suffered a week ago is not serious and he's still being listed as day-to-day? Yeah, he's day to day. We'll see if he if he uh, he if he appears in this one. Uh, I mean, Tom Wilson from the other side is healthy. Hopefully, Alex Ovechkin is healthy. The Capitals right. are saying he's day to day. So, I mean, I think we're all fingers crossed that a it's nothing long term with Ov with the injury he suffered in the preseason, and, and b that he's available for what's a really important game for the launch of the new TV uh, contract on the other network. Um, but listen, I think anytime the Rangers and, and Capitals play this season. Uh, we are girding our loins for some fireworks. We know that there's going to be comeuppance. We know that there's going to be some tension. And we know that Tom Wilson's going to be enemy, enemy number one. And I am one of these people that thinks that the Rangers definitely course-corrected too hard uh, after what happened with Tom Wilson last year. I mean, bringing in Ryan Reeves is one thing. Barkley Goudreau is a functional player and played really well on the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning's uh, much higher the checking line. But, I mean, he's a guy that throws a punch. Sammy Blay, you know, same deal. So, there's a, there was a few moves that they made in the offseason that I think were an overcorrection to toughness, which seems very much like a mandate that came down from management after what happened in the Tom Wilson affair last year with Panarin. So we'll see what happens on Wednesday. I mean, I, I do know that in talking to the Department of Player Safety during the offseason, they're obviously going to have eyes on this game. I don't know if it's going to get to the point 
that the NHL does sometimes when there's a line brawl and then the teams play the next time where, you know, the, the, the NHL will send a message saying, okay, any shenanigans here and, and we're going to throw the book at you. They've done that in the past. Um, but listen, at, at the end of the day, to, to, I think the subtext to your question is, it's pretty good for the NHL to have an absolute banger of a circus yep. <laughs> out of the gate for their new their, their new uh, their new uh, network contract with TNT. Yeah, don't. Yeah, and the edict won't come until after that game. There will be no edict before that game. The edict won't come till after that game. Yeah, potentially. It's I mean, yeah, let they'll it keep go. their eyes on it. They're gonna let it go. Yeah, I think they'll let it go for sure. But I mean, I think they just don't want people to step over the line. You know, hockey's in, in a place where fighting has pretty much declined every season. There may have been an uptick last year slightly, but last year was an anomalous year in a lot of ways. Um, it's not the same league that even it was, you know, five years ago as far as fighting. Um, so these occasional dust ups, I think the NHL is fine with it. They just don't want it to be something that's very uh, over, overly injurious or, or, or anything like that. And, and I think they, they're okay with a fight. They're probably not okay with, you know, Tom Wilson getting cross-checked in the face or anything like that. ESPN senior NHL writer and the host of the Puck Soup podcast, Greg Wyshynski, with us on 101 ESPN. Follow him on Twitter, at Wyshynski, and tweet him something nice today because, as he revealed, he's a Jets fan. So be nice to Greg today. <laughs> Greg, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. I'm sure we'll talk to you throughout the season. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Take care. That's Greg Wyshynski here on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Winter season is here, and Discount Tire wants you to stay safe on the road. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of.